You have 14 hours to complete this task. Anything goes. Oh, oh no, Finnevere. Uh, are, you, are you still with us, champ? Uh, I'm here. Oh, this is why I'm Finnevere. <laughs> oh, you know, this is why they should have never cut rope climbing from gym class. I'm telling you, this is a mandatory exercise. Oh, this is so much fun. You know, minus the chance of death and failure. Yes, I would agree. You take massive damage. Massive yeah, I damage. I feel like his mass is a lot. Oh, I wish we had more people who had our backs. Well? I miss him too. Oh. Oh, I, what? <laughs> <laughs> you feel something brush up against your leg. Please be a stick. Please be a piece of debris suspended in the water. I do not feel like fighting fish monsters. And welcome back to another episode of The Gate Chronicles. This is season one, episode 30. So I don't know if you guys are ready for this, but if you didn't know already, my name is Emily. I'm also known as Snow, and I play Snow in the other podcast or online odds. So you should go and check that out. But while you're here, I guess you might as well just stick around and listen, and we will go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Quentin. I play Charles Smoot, 57-year-old biology teacher, born and raised in upstate New York, currently soaking wet with a bite taken out of him, but it's hard to keep an old man down. Unless he breaks his hip, then it's, like, very likely. Uh, that's how we kill him off. We break his hip. Uh, hi, my name is Jaden. I play Finnevere Avere, a bard and aspiring seeker. Hi, uh, I'm Andrew, and I play Alan Taylor, a man from Ohio whose friends are dead, so we found some more. Wow. <laughs> okay, then. Hi, my name's Zach. I play Alfred Kenneth Mest. Uh, I guess we're just doing short intros today. Is that, is that all I get? I guess <laughs> that's the intro. <laughs> I get Alfred nothing. Kenneth. He wants to be the very Mest that no one ever was. <laughs> all right, I approve of the wordplay. All righty. So I guess um, with that, I guess what we would call an intro out of the way, <laughs> we'll get started. Yeah? Sure. Question mark? Okay. Let's so, go! The adventurers traveled through the mirror gate into a strange underground world. After a brief introduction to the rules, the party set off into the wild, where they quickly discovered that it would take every ounce of bravery and cunning to make it to the end of the trial. Each group must return with a relic in the next 14 hours, and after encountering several hazards, the party must make every second count. Perhaps they need to make a plan. From scaling cliff faces, balancing at treacherous heights, and marching through deep brush in this unforgiving environment, you stumble your way into this valley, and surprisingly, you find some comfort. For the first time since the beginning of the trial, sheer wonder and amazement fill you at the picturesque scene before you. A cool breeze passes across the grass, bending the delicate blades. There are no gullies or ravines for you to trek across, no hills for a good distance. The only thing within the center of this grassy valley is the skeletal structure of a building reclaimed by nature and a field of yellow flowers surrounding it. 
A wild auroch grazes in the field beyond the flowers. So, gentlemen, welcome to your playground. I want to eat the auroch. You, you, you'd have to hunt it, but I guess you could do that. Oh no, I as the player want to eat the auroch. Charles Moon's going to perception check to see if, uh, you said, is this a valley, the clearing? Yeah, it's a grassy valley. So the the clearing is somewhat dipped down below, like, the general horizon, and there's a large amount of terrain. There's a lot of space. It. Well, I'm just saying, so, like, do I remember seeing this location from on top of the plateau? Yeah, or- you, you, not, not exactly this location from where you were, but you just remember seeing that there are valleys in this entire, like, cavern. Okay. Listen, guys, it's flat ground. You don't have to jump anything. You don't have to climb anything. No, I was just bada wondering. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> I'm just trying to weigh, or both me and Smoot would be attempting to weigh our options, whether or not the structure in the middle of the valley would actually be worth pursuing or not. Because if it's too open and obvious that it's here, then it's more than likely already looted or doesn't have anything of value in it and would just be a waste of time. So you said you wanted to make a perception check. Uh, yes, and I would like to make a perception check as well, also, if I could, um, to see how far away we are from the plateau, and to see how far it looks like, to be based off of where we are, uh, to where we're attempting to go. I don't know if that would be perception or survival. That's a lot of information, but, but okay. I, I, well, I mean, I'll roll it as many times as I need to, to get the um, information I want. I would say to tell a distance of something, you could. I would say survival is more applicable in this circumstance because you are trying to tell ex- almost an exact distance. I mean, you could guesswork it with perception, but you would be at a negative, so might as well use survival. All right, so just real quick. Uh, my perception was a 23, and my survival was a 17. Okay. Charles Smoot, um, let's start with your estimation of distance. From where you guys are standing, you're sort of like up at the top of this valley, like this sloping hill that just divots, dips into the valley below. You can tell from where you are that the plateau that you guys had traveled from, you can actually see the uh, clock ticking down from up above, um, and it's very easy to see in the cavern. You estimate that you've traveled probably about four miles or so. And can I use that? estimation to gauge how far away we are from our destination. The green spire tall buildings off in the north. The cavern itself appears to be from where the plateau is equidistant around mostly it might be a little oblong but to your destination you probably have another four and a half to five miles to go. Which would probably take us about two hours at a good pace. If we're uninterrupted we can do it in one so are we just going to stand up here above the nice looking valley or are we going to keep going? Well, we're going to, we're, well, we're going to keep going, but that's, we should probably have a plan on what we're doing. seems like we're about halfway there, so. Ben's just following along with this like really depressed look on his face and his fingers just like touching. Uh, Finn, you all right there, bud? Oh, yes, I'm fine. And he looks at his backpack that was with him when he fell into the river as he he doesn't cry but it looks like he wants to what, what what's wrong uh i fell into the water which means everything i had fell into the water mm, it's covered in fish poop oh yes fish poop uh, <laughs> he, as he t- he's like poking and prodding at a, like a bag of flour that was in there the flour is totally ruined Everything in your bag is stained with coffee now, isn't it? 
No, not necessarily. He just said you'll. We're just gonna toss the flower. Oh no! I had fun plans for that flower. Well, I mean, if it's not that far from here to wherever we're going, those buildings over there, whatever they're called, I don't know. I mean, if we don't have that far to travel, could we just take a rest and maybe reassess the situation? If we take a rest, we're taking a rest down there. And Smoot points down towards the uh, dilapidated uh, ruins. That way we can at least scout out the area while we're down there, see if there are any artifacts. If we can grab something here while it's nice and easy, that might prevent us from even having to take the journey. Take a rest in shifts. Send out a party of two at a time. I wouldn't take a long rest. We can maybe take a break for a little bit. You know, that's time for sleep. Also, we shouldn't be worn out enough to deserve one. It'll probably take us about another hour and a half to get to the towers. Okay, that's fine by me. Uh-huh. I just think we should probably make some plans on how to actually handle some of these situations that we've already had problems with. Hmm. Does everyone still have the rope? Mm-hmm. Taylor, Taylor's got his uh, 50 feet of rope. I guess rather than untying it from himself, he'd just wrap it around his torso and make a loose slipknot. Waterlogged, but present. Both me and the rope. Uh, that did seem to be a effective method of crossing, I will admit. Well, I was trying to avoid getting wet, but... Next time, we're going to try and take the narrower part of the river. That would have probably been a better idea. Well, short hindsight's twenty twenty, Kelsey. Uh, just call me Captain Hindsight. It's a superpower. So let's see. We've dealt with climbing, dying, and some more climbing. Fish. River style. Don't, don't forget about the fish. Oh, yes. Are you still... Are you okay? Ah, uh, you know, there's a bite out of me, but other than that, I think we're good. Mm. Let me see. I, I show him my left thigh, which the guard took a decent chunk out of and dealt nine damage to me. I would like to, for a moment, remove my uh, my buckler and perform cure light wounds. Why don't we do that down at the house instead of right up here on the hill where we're exposed? Probably a good idea. We don't want too many people seeing us. If they see us healing, it's a sign of weakness. We can't show that we are less than any of the other competitors. <laughs> uh, Whatever you say, Smoot. You can all make perception check. 21 for Finn. 13 for Charles Smith. 19 for Alfred. (laughs) All right. So, um, Alan Taylor, I feel like you're really not good at looking at things. Like, this has been a constant thing for your character. He's he's salivating. No, you're salivating while looking at the Auroch. Ah, yes. I I am distracted by meat. Yes. Clearly. (laughs) Yes. He's He's trying to decide the best way to cook it. Yes, Alan Taylor, your focus is on this orc, this very large, bull-like creature that is grazing in the field just beyond the flowers. We're kind of like up on the next part of the hill. I've been spontaneously reminded of the letter Kenny's scene where they're all discussing how to cook a a nice cut of brisket. For everyone else, uh, as you are standing at the top of this hill leading down to the valley, you actually notice that... Off in the distance, you actually see what looks to be like another party that is just sort of meandering their way through, often like another section of the valley. Does it look like they're heading northward? Yes, they're heading north. Oh, no, 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 no. This is what I'm talking about. We're not letting them beat us there. What if they take all the good stuff? But what if the good stuff is in the house? Uh, hmm. We'd look for like five minutes. Five minutes? Five minutes. Only five minutes. Five minutes. I've got a watch right here. I'll time it. Five minutes. 
after five minutes, if, we, if there's a lot to explore, we may want to consider splitting up. Okay. So. All right. We'll make our way down, I suppose. Okay. Make another perception check as you go down. Oh, yes. I think I am quite perceptive with a 24. 21 for Charles Smith. That's an 8 for Taylor. <laughs> I had an 11. Okay. As you guys walk through the grass, you actually get a closer look at some of these flowers. They all appear to be about a similar species. Um, they have yellow petals and uh, little fuzzy extensions hanging off the uh, inner part of it. It's a very nice, relaxing-looking field. Can I knowledge nature of these flowers? Sure. Fifteen total? The flowers appear to be a species of poppy with yellow petals, a fuzzy center, and blue feathery extensions from the base of the flower. No, 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 everyone, cover your nose. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe in the air. Your character knows that poppies have been used medicinally in the past for pain relief, but paradoxically, in high doses, it creates feelings of euphoria. I don't trust anything around here. Anywhere you may not have been aware of the original folktale, but back in my day, there was something known as the Wizard of Oz. What about it? The giant field of poppies that made people fall asleep and they never woke up from? You're walking through one. Potentially. I'll be honest, I ain't watched that movie since I was a kid. Uh, I can say as I'm familiar. Uh, I've heard similar tales, but not from poppies. Uh, I just don't trust the flora around here. This is a secret test. This could be a trap. Everyone be on guard. And if you start getting goofy, happy thoughts and seeing magic unicorns or start feeling drowsy, get out immediately. Huh? What? Cece says, looking up after smelling one of the flowers deeply. Oh, no. Does anyone have any smelling salts just in case anything bad happens? What are you talking about? These smell great. Yeah, until you die. I'm not dead. Yet. We can all be dead in a matter of moments, or at least good for dead, and fail the test. I'm... And she falls over. I sense motive if this is a joke. I need to know if this is a joke. (laughs) Thirteen. You can't tell. From where you're standing, you see that Cece falls over into the bed of flowers, and as she collapses, the flowers kind of sway back and forth, and then just settle back in their place. I I, I try and shake her. I I whip out my dagger and start tearing some cloth in a long wrap. Oh, wait, no, I already have one of these, except for now it's wet. Uh, I have it from uh, two, two arcs ago. Charles Smoot uh, runs over to where Cece is, and he begins to shake her while Finnevere immediately reacts and pulls out the cloth that he had used in a previous episode and covers his face with it. Charles Smoot, as you shake her, she begins to laugh. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, 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 that's not funny. I'm not failing this test because of jokes. They were wasting time. This could all be very dangerous. You don't know. I don't know. None of us know. Be too lackadaisical about this. I'm not being lackadaisical. You're being too uptight. I'm uptight about our future and whether or not we pass. I think he's being adequately uptight. Go, go to the house. If anyone actually starts feeling drowsy. See, this is the over here. Okay, we didn't know about the Wizard of Oz. Do we all know about the boy who cried wolf at least? No? Uh, okay. Well, what about the boy who cried shade? Is this a similar story? I, uh, I don't know. Okay, and you lied too much, then no one will believe you, yes? Yes. Okay, yeah, don't do that, Cece. I didn't lie. I am feeling a little tired. We've been going for a while. We had to come down an entire mountain, and you're telling me that you're not tired from that? Tired? I'm borderline exhausted. At least, though. Thankfully, not overly. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't keep going. We have to push forward. Undoubtedly, everyone else has trained for years for one of these tests. 
Meanwhile, we just tried to pick it up on a whim. I mean, if you look over there, those guys are just sitting down in the field. Well, that's what losers do. Do you want to be a loser, Cece? I think they're eating lunch. You know what? I don't have to stand for this. I'm going to walk that way. So you walk that way? I start way? walking towards the house. Okay. You walk towards the house. While I do, though. Master Benavir. Medicinal herbs. Enough said. And I just continue walking away. And uh, I just motion towards the flower. Before, before trekking onward, uh, Taylor will go up to uh, CC and like sort of sit on his calves and pat his shoulders. Do I get up? You said you were tired. I can carry you. No, I am a lady. I can't get on top of your shoulders. That would be unseemly. You can carry you on one shoulder. No. Uh, can I collect a small amount of these flowers? Say like five, since sure. there's a whole bunch of them. Sure. How are you collecting them? I will uh, walk up to them and I will very carefully pull out the roots. So you're going to dig them up? Well, what, whatever it takes. I'll, I'll pull it up with my fingers, like gardening. Yeah, they, you, you reach down, but they seem to snap when you try to pull them down from the base. Oh, oh well. Uh, so I'll, I'll get a few of them. Okay. So sure. yeah, and I'll put them in a wet bundle cloth. That's fine. Uh, I'll just put them in the one I was wearing. Why don't you make perception check for me while you're there? Sure. You hear tidy screams of the lives you are taking. Well, I'm going to be doing it even worse in a minute. I, uh, I like how tense you are, and this music is just so relaxing. Your music. 19. Okay. Um, Finnevere, as you go down and you start pulling up these flowers and, and picking them, you actually seem to come across some tattered cloth. And following the tattered cloth along, you actually find what appears to be partial buried remains of a person. Skeletal remains. Could you define buried, please? Like, Does it look like it was here intentionally, or someone just died, happened to be here? It is covered in moss and grass, and it appears that there are actually plants just growing out of the skull of this thing. That does... Yeah, that that does sum it up. Uh, Smoot, you might not be far off from the whole dying thing. I know it. Uh, See, Kelsey, this is... Kelsey, this is what they call foresight. Yeah, and this is what's called greed. I check the uh, around the body, body area to see if there's any loot. You to loot see the if body? there's anything that they're not using anymore. Their skull. He's looting the body. Wait a second, isn't greed good? No, uh, greed is good and bad. All right, Fenrir, you start uh, looting around the body, and you do find what appears to be um, some really strange shaped metallic objects uh, as you dig down into the dirt into what appears to be a pocket. Uh, multiple? Yeah, like four. It appears to be some type of currency. Okay. Alright, that does stop me from in- immediately yeeting this for fear that it's a relic. I- I'm maxed out. Ben, why did you say I wasn't far off from the truth? Did you find something? Are you feeling drowsy? Are you hallucinating? Uh, well, unless I hallucinated a body that was carrying these. Was it a body in these flowers? No, I'm out of here. Did... Alfred Mest want to collect any flowers while they were out here? Um, sure. I would probably try to grab a few. Okay, sure. Um, a few is three. Okay. Or eight. A few usually I thought referred to three. You can refer to up to eight according to Noah. Who's Noah? Noah and his ark and his few children, of which there were eight of. Few is more than three, less than ten, I think? Contextually speaking, eight was few. (laughs) You get six. Okay. Since we don't know what a few is. <laughs> I was mostly joking. Yes, generally when people say few, they mean few. See, this is why you can't lie and joke, because people might think you're not telling the truth. 
Uh, so yeah, let's let's get get away from there. Okay. I mean, did you guys you guys went into the house briefly? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where we should be at I this point. I would have moved to the house. I just would have quickened my pace there to get out in from outside. Sure. When you guys enter the house, um, you see that it is a relatively dilapidated structure. Most of the roof has either rotted away, caved in in some parts. Some of the stone walls have also fallen over. And as you go in, you see that towards the back of the room, there is what appears to have been a bed, um, a wooden chest. There's broken glass, um, basically, that has fallen over um, from a shelf onto the floor. And you also see what appears to be a strange ancient stone table with a faded decorative carving on it. And on one side, it appears that there are, are some raised buttons. Buttons? Mm-hmm. And looking a little bit closer, you do notice that there is an empty slot on the back side of the table about the size of what your characters, who have experienced knowing what this is, the size of a phone. Jane, you know what the phone is, but your character doesn't. But that's what your characters would compare it to. But it is rounded and orb-like. I try to press the buttons. You press down on one of the buttons that is on the table, and you hear it sort of press down, and then it raises back up, but nothing seems to happen. I press a different button. Same thing. I press all the buttons in sequence until something happens. There are only like two buttons. Darn it. In sequence, you try to push them. The buttons don't seem to do anything at this time. Darn it. Last, you probably need a key. Anyone see anything that's orb? A spherical thing. Oh, I got one. Uh, not, not you. Something around here. Oh. Uh, Taylor will look around. Uh, can I examine the... Uh, you said there were carvings? Sure. Your character takes a look at them, and they look like they are faded decorative carvings, but it's hard to tell what exactly the carvings were of. Can I put a reception check around to the room to see if I find any object that would fit the hole on the back of the stone table? I, I also wish to do this. Why don't you guys roll a um, intelligence check? Just intelligence. Roll uh, am I think. Am I allowed to make an intelligence check? 16 for sure. Smooth's intelligence. 14 for Taylor. Uh, 18 for Finnevere. I got a 22. Okay. All of you sort of think back and try to identify what this slot could potentially be for. And it occurs to you, you think back all the way to Leah Moore's shop and you keenly recall that this shape is about the size of a power core. Well, it's a shame we don't have one of those on us. Mm. Mm. Look for clues, gang. Maybe we can find a spare one. Well, I mean, if we can't find one now, maybe we can come back here later. Possibly, if we find a power core somewhere else. This could honestly unlaunch something that has an artifact in it. It could be like a chest, and this is part of the trial. See if you recognize the materials which Seekers frequently use. All right, so we're also keeping an eye out for a power core. Awesome. Can, um, can Smoot look around the room to see if he finds anything? Sure. Loot the room. I wish to do this as well. Okay. Got a 15 for Charles Smoot. Uh, that's the highest I can get. 26. 21. Taylor. These rolls are like an apology for last week. <laughs> 24. You all start 
looking around this building in every crevice that you can find and in every corner. You even open up the chest, but the chest appears to be completely empty. You don't find anything in particular here at this time. Perhaps this is something that you could return to at a later date. All right, see you, Kelsey. Five minutes. We're in, we're out, we're on our way. Looked through it, there's nothing. All right, thanks for keeping us on track, Smoot. What will we do without you? I'm sorry, was that too was that too RPG of me to be like, oh, you don't have the thing? You'll have to come back another time. Let's unlock the next level. It was appreciated. And it was also kind of funny. It, it, it did feel like walking up to a door and the door just said, you don't have the key. You can't go through this door. You're not level 15 yet. Would you like to pay to enter? <laughs> now is not the time to use that. Thank you. <laughs> We're, we're not trying to use bicycles here. Come on. I you, wish we could. You hear okay. Oak's voice. Can we at least sit down and eat for a little bit? I'm feeling famished. Mm. We didn't have breakfast this morning. At least I didn't. I have trail rations that are that you can eat while we walk. Eating while walking is not exactly the best thing. It's actually great for your figure. You burn your calories as you consume them. Actually, I've been told don't walk while you eat. I've you been can told choke. that eating while standing is a great practice. All I've right. never had a problem consuming apple after apple on a hike. You had your five minutes. We're going to take another ten. Mm. If we lose, I'm blaming the, our poor time management skills. Well, why don't you just right, start... Take it out of my ice cream budget. <laughs> why don't you just start documenting... Maybe the areas that we've been to. Fine. I'll track how long it took us to get where, what we passed, what would be the best way to get across them. Okay. I'll give you five minutes. Ten. It'll be ten in total with the five we spent exploring the place. Twenty. Twenty. We're not bargaining here. Do you want to lose? You see? And a compromise will be ten. The compromise will be five. But I'll just tell you in five minutes after the time or something. And I'll be curmudgeoning the entire time. Take your break. It's fine. We can literally just watch the clock up there. That's broken. The clock outside? Oh, that one. No, oh, I think it works. I think that time uh, is no, really no, no, good. It definitely does work. Take a break. Stop lollygagging. Okay. So, gentlemen, you take a moment. <laughs> Quinn is looking at me with so much terror. <laughs> Why? It's not terror. It's contempt. There's a difference. Why do you have contempt for me? What did I do? Nah, your NPCs want to take breaks, those lazy buggers. As you settle down momentarily going about your business, the light from above seems to dim, uh -huh. as if a cloud were passing overhead. But as you look up, you see no clouds or other obstructions blocking what you can now make out as a spherical orb of light. And as you continue to look in that direction, the orb's glow changes from daylight white to a midnight blue. The entire cavern is cast in this hue of color and grows dim. But the field surrounding you begins to glow a brilliant yellow. A sweet scent fills the air, and as if on cue, the blades of grass begin to sway wildly as the petals of the flowers begin to unfurl, and a synchronous flapping of wings covers the valley. I see. Gentlemen. <laughs> You're in a window screensaver. Um... Okay, so of all the mythical beasts we said that I said that may or may not have existed, have any of you heard of a dragon before? I don't know, I think this one's a dragon. I think this one is going to be called Poor Time Management Skills, because this wouldn't have happened if we left. <laughs> That's absurd. <laughs> is, it, is it absurd in here if we should walk out the door? But we're, we're talking about in the center of the cavern, not in, in our immediate area, right? What do you mean in the center of the cavern? We're talking about the 
I'm talking, okay. The so, orb and the flapping is like a whole lot of miles away. No. No, oh, it's in the no, fields next to the house. Oh. The oh. Fla- okay, the orb, I'm assuming, is the, the cavern the light. light above us, which does affect the entire cavern. But the flapping is outside the house, directly next to us. Does it sound, wait, is it heavy flapping or like a lot of light flapping? It sounds like a lot of flapping overall. And as you peer out the door frame and the skeletal walls that have essentially collapsed in the past, you can actually see out into the field of flowers, which is not necessarily a field of flowers at all, but rather what appears to be some sort of glowing insect creatures flapping their wings. I checked my flowers to see if they were actually flapping creatures the entire time. Your flowers appear to have been regular flowers. Fantastic. So we just got lucky? <laughs> it makes sense. Exactly. Uh, there are plenty of things in nature that, uh, plenty of creatures that mimic nature. Uh, have I seen a leaf bug before? Or any of Mest's flowers bugs? Boys, I believe we're surrounded by a murder of cricket flowers. Uh, I we... don't think those are crickets. I think those are moths. Ah, uh, hopefully they're not cicadas. I hate those things. Well, I do think that the answer of this is distance. Uh, what about fire? What if we just set the whole place in place? Uh, I, I chuck a bomb as far as I can. Uh, we need to roll for initiative, gentlemen, because this is a combat All at right. this point. We, we've entered combat. Congrats. Zach, roll high. I got 11 as the roll. I don't that, think that, that's that, high that, enough. That's not very high, my guy. No. 14 for Alan Taylor. <gasps> you too, bud? <gasps> You too? Yeah, you want to roll against me to see? Oh wait, sorry, fifteen. I rolled a fourteen and I have a one. Oh, I rolled a fifteen and I have a negative one. Sixteen. So you guys are currently in the building area, and all of these creatures seem to be outside. But it appears that they are just flying about on their own until one of them seems to notice you and begins making its way towards the house. So, um, what exactly do we do against this? Burn them. I pull out a torch. Oh, it's not your turn. All right, that's right. I was going to say, whose turn is it? I forgot that we initiated. We did initiative to do things. Okay. Well, I'm just going to wait a second and figure out what to do from here, because I have no idea what you want me to do. Cece delays. A few more of them fly their way towards you guys, until finally it is Finnevere's turn. Kelsey seems to ready her bow or her um her crossbow. Finnevere, it is your turn. Uh, if we can, so we can see them now, right? Yes, there appears to be about twelve of these small creatures flying towards you. And how big are they? Small. Small. Okay, so like dog like size. Dog sized. Dog sized bugs. They, they or like cat sized. Yeah. yeah. They might be like a chihuahua. Yes, so Finnevere, they are flying towards the building. It appears that there are at least three within a 60-foot range at this point. Okay. Uh, I will pull out my loot, and I will start a bardic performance. Uh, Yes, I'd like to inspire, I think it's courage. Yeah, inspire courage. I think we could use some courage right now. (laughs) Okay, what does Inspire Courage give to your party? Uh, That is plus one to hit. I think that's it. I think that's it. Are you uh, will saves, I believe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And will saves against fear. Yeah. We bravely run away. We bravely run away. Uh, So I took out a thing, and I did a thing, so I can't move. My turn's done. 
Okay, so your turn is over. Next up, it is Alan Taylor. Alan Taylor, there are bugs outside, 60 feet away. This is a comfortable distance for now. Okay. Alan Taylor, you decide to delay or ready? Uh, I wish to pull out a torch and try to light it. Okay. You can pull out a torch and you can light it. Uh, that takes my standard action, though, so I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't throw it this turn. So I guess uh, I will maintain. No one else went out outside of the house yet. No. Yeah, I'll stay in the house with everyone else. Charles Smoot, it is your turn. Is there an area where it seems like there are less bugs towards the, the towers? The Currently, the building is surrounded. It appears that the moths that have taken notice of you are some of the, one, the only ones that have stuck around. A lot of the other ones have taken off somewhere. All right, guys, we can make a break for it and just run for the towers. Shoot anything that gets in our way. Well, if we can get far enough, I have an idea. Best, as we're running, light them up. I'll try and distract them. Okay, so Charles Smoot, what do you do? Are there any of them close enough to me that if I attempted to move 80 feet, it would provoke an attack of opportunity? Yes. Uh, then I just make a charge attack towards the one that's closest to me. Okay. Right, in the direction I wish to run on. Sure. You make a charge attack. All right. So, well. please, you're going to need to roll your to hit. Uh, I'll go into a rage as a free action. Uh, it, it is a 18 to hit, uh, even without the plus one from Finnevere. It hits. For a total of 12 damage. You eviscerate this thing. It explodes in a puff of smoke. It's not smoke, but puff of dust. Pollen. Puff, puff, puff. Puff, puff. All right, one down. Get a move on. Okay, Charles Smoot, they begin to converge on you. Perfect. Okay, Charles Smoot, I'm going to need you to roll a fortitude save. That's a good Because... As these moths fly towards you, all of a sudden you see a flash of light, just bright light kind of shine into your face from their wings. Oh, I, don't, I don't like that. No, I do like my roll, though. 24 for my fortune save. You take three necrotic damage. I don't like that damage type. <laughs> you feel as this light um, hits against your skin, it seems to tighten your skin and almost age very quickly. You need some moisturizer, man. Another one flies over and does the same, Charles Smoot. I'll roll another fortitude save. It'll be a 22 this time. You take six necrotic damage. Again, you feel this tightening of your skin as the light flashes and hits your left arm. Next up is Alfred Kenneth Mest. Sure, I'll move up and then throw a bomb, and I will use my precise bomb to... The bomb will be targeting the one of the moths, and then using precise bomb, I target his square to not affect it. Okay. I like that bomb. All right. So, uh, Alfred Kenneth Best, you need to roll to hit as you throw your bomb. Yeah, that's not hit. That's not hit. One was the roll. Well, doesn't that just misfire and roll in a random square? All right. So, we need to figure out where that missed bomb lands. Uh, I'm going to roll a d8. It's a one. So that rolls back towards you. You can roll a reflex save. Oh, 14. Okay. What was your splash damage? Five. Okay, so the splash damage is five? Yes. If they don't have it? Okay. You see as your bomb lands, although it does seem to splash against Charles Smoot, that you hit three of them, and they seem to basically just puff in, a, in that puff of pollen and smoke, they disappear. 
as you are standing out there, you hear as an arrow whizzes by, and you see that Smoot, one of the moths that is next to you, gets impaled by this, and its body falls down to the ground dead. You hear shouted from behind you, I don't know why, but I really think these things are bred for war. Um, I don't think they're that strong, though. So take out what you can or run. I will try. Uh, Finavir, it is your turn. All right, I'm just trying to write that down. It's very important to me. Uh, with the dead bugs, does it look... Are there lots more bugs in that direction? They've flown off. You don't see them. Okay, so I don't see any in that area. You see that there are six, so half of them remain. Okay, so you tell me if I can do this as a prepared action, because I don't know that I've ever prepared an action before. My movement to be conditionally, if someone else moves in that direction, move ahead of them, and if there are enemies, then perform a spell. So if if somebody moves, you want to move first. That's a lot of specification. I will say if if person moves, you move. And you that, take your turn then. Sure. You're delaying. Okay. I can do that. Very generous. Thank you. Alan Taylor, it is your turn. Let me see if I have this correct. I'm still in the house. Cece, I think, is still in the house. Uh, Kelsey is still in the house with crossbow in hand and has shot one of these things. Smoot is outside, surrounded still by a few of these. Then I'll just drop the torch, draw the bow, and fire it at the nearest bug, which I believe is... So I roll to hit the nearest bug with the bow. All right. What is your to hit? Not good enough. Uh, it's an eight. As you draw back your bow and you draw back the drawstring, you release the arrow. You shake just a little bit, and your arrow flies just a little west of the wing that you did manage to clip but did not do damage to the creature. Charles Smoot, it is your turn. Bug. Hit bug next, man. <laughs> okay, there's a, bug. There's a bug. There's a bug next to the man. We, we swing a sword at it, and we're going to kill it. Mm, we might kill it. We'll see. Does a 13 hit. 13 does hit. 15 damage. You cleave through this thing, and you just see as the body puffs into the pollen dust that falls, as well as some of the wings just land into the grassy field. The smooth path in front of you is mostly clear. There are some that are flying, like, towards the path, though, um, and attempting to block it. Um, Alfred Kenneth Mess, it is your turn. You are behind Charles Smoot. Ooh, looks like he's doing quite fine. He is a meat shield. He is there for that. Can I try to throw a bomb with the intent of lighting things on fire? I mean, doesn't that's it what already do that? Bombs do. Yes. Well, it just says it does fire damage. It doesn't necessarily say it lights anything on fire. I'm pretty sure. GM discretion. I'm pretty sure you deal. Fire, if you yes, deal fire deals damage fire to something damage. flammable, it catches on fire. I'm actually thinking alchemist bombs might just catch things on fire if they hit. Anyway, sure. We can say that, that with your intention, um, instead of the light sputtering of fire, you prepare to throw a bomb with gusto and with the intent to light this place up. I, I throw it to the west of my location. So that would be your left. So, yeah. All right, roll to hit. You're hitting a square, I'm assuming? Yes. 16 is the base roll. So. All right, it does hit. Please tell me what the splash damage is. Splash damage would be five. All right. As your bomb explodes, it ignites part of the field in a wreath of flame, and you actually see that two of the moths fall and burn up into cinders in the flame, while one 
hovers above it, but its wings are starting to catch a light. Okay. Charles Smoot, one of the mons to the right field, flies over, and again, this light bathes you. Roll your fortitude save. Just like getting a suntan. Yeah. Like going to one of the tanning beds. Uh, 14. For necrotic damage, as the light bathes your skin, and again, you feel the burning, searing pain of age. <laughs> You're getting old. Is it age or is it skin cancer? It's probably skin cancer, actually, now that Do I think about it. Do you say already, Smoot? <laughs> All right, um... Cece rushes out and is now standing behind Alfred Kenneth Mest. All right. Okay, we got this, Mest. Right? Right. Okay, perfect. Your silence I'll take as a yes. Because if not, then we're in a lot of trouble. Kelsey also approaches from within the cabin. Uh, Finevere Revere, did you want to take your turn as one of the girls uh, left the building? Uh, yes, I'll, I'll travel in front of them. Who are you traveling? So you step in front of Cece then? Uh, yes. The idea is to guard them, and if they if they approach enemies, then I'll unleash an attack in, in protection. Okay. Uh, so you have moved yourself to the top of the round. Uh, okay. So then, yeah, the, the two girls approach out, and they are simply just watching as the meat shield up front takes the brunt of the... Assault. Alan Taylor, it is your turn. I wish to, to fire and hopefully not miss. <laughs> I fired and I missed. I missed both times. All right. You you draw back your... You, you knock an arrow, so please roll to hit. Six. Is he still giving a competence bonus? Uh, so, yes, they will get the bonus for this turn and next turn, assuming I don't pick it up again. It, okay. Thirteen. It hits. The arrow flies past. I'm going to say you hit the one that Alfred Kenneth Mest had set alight, and you just see as this arrow pierces through it, the moth is forced to travel a short distance with the arrow until the arrow actually just ends up falling flat to the ground, and the moth poofs. Noise. To remain. Charles Moot is your turn. Ugbug, where's next moth? <laughs> Ugbug? Ugbug, where's uh, next moth? Moth. That, that burned you next to you. Oh, how dare it. How, how dare it indeed. Roll, roll to attack the maw. I still get a plus one, right? Yes, we're getting it for this turn and then next turn unless he picks it up again. So we get total of 10. It does not hit. You swing wildly as your arm sears with pain, but you actually just end up making the moth fly higher in the sky by giving it a nice breeze. That's right, get out, get out of here, you stupid moth. Finnevere Avere, you see that the last moth is flying towards you, and all of a sudden, the this brilliant light seems to flash out from its wings. But for some reason, you notice that nothing seems to happen, despite what you've noticed happened to Charles Smoot, almost as if something is there blocking it. Spooky. Well, the spook shall not necessarily spook forever. Uh, Alfred Kenneth Mest, it is your turn. There is currently a moth that is literally right next to you guys, but it doesn't seem to be able to do anything to you. If you have a medium-sized rock, you could throw it really hard. You can throw anything. You know you what I do have? I believe... Oh, wait. I like the sound of I know... You know what I do have. What do you I have? I have a knife. Oh, no. I remember... Oh, I it's like a rusty kitchen knife from the bunker we were in. Yeet the knife. I'm going to take the knife out and I'm going to throw it at the moth. Sure. Roll to hit. Can I apply point blank shot to that? 
Yeah, it's a ranged attack that you are making within 30 feet. 13. It hits. Roll your damage. Two. The rusty knife is thrown from your hand. As you release it, you see that it seems to slash through one of the wings of this creature. It flaps and flutters, and it still seems to be flying in the air, but you can tell that you've hurt it greatly. That's my turn. Charles Smoot, you see that you are still underneath the lovely light of this moth's wings. I need you to roll a fortitude save for me. 26. You take two necrotic damage. Benavir, it is your turn. There is a moth there next to you. Uh, is it also next to... Oh, gosh. Finn will drop his loot, pick up his crossbow, point and shoot. Okay, point and shoot. Do so. Rolling to hit. All right, Finnevere, you shoot. What be your hit? Oh, my hit? Much. Uh, To hit, 22. Okay, you raise up your crossbow, and as you do this, you see that the moth catches sight of you doing this, and it seems to lunge. Its strange mouth opens up as if to bite at you, but you fire, and you hit. (laughs) I fire, and I actually hit. (laughs) And you see that this moth's face is eviscerated, and its body then disappears into a puff of smoke, and its wings fall down to the ground. I hold my breath. There is one moth left, and you see as Cece steps forward. I'm getting so tired of this. And you see as she raises her head, and the moth goes flying a very far distance until it crashes into the side of the hill and explodes in a puff of pollen. And that is the end of combat. And as this happens, the light in the cavern seems to return back to a daylight white. I, I think everyone's at the, the same expression. Uh, uh, uh. It, it, did the time in this place just sink to, 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 to fighting? Are we in a simulation? It's uh, sink to the butterflies. Did, CZ, can, can you cast magic too? What? No. Um, what was that? I don't know. Man. For a sense motive. Uh, that is a total of 20, though. Cece's hiding something. Okay. That's fine. She's not exactly telling the complete truth, although she is not necessarily lying about not having magic. Ma'am, if you don't have magic, then how do you explain telekinesis that moth into oblivion? I don't. That, that is an apt answer. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Your, your 15-minute break's over. We gotta keep moving. Oh, Mr. Smoot, you look like you're doing so well. She smacks you on the back. Oh, it's like... That eight hours laying out in the sun with no screen. Kelsey runs over. I think you need some moisturizer on that burn. Let me see. All right, you want to see my sunburn? You can You can have at it. Hopefully it doesn't give me skin cancer. I'm already dying fast enough. Ugh. I swear, Smoot. You're too hot on yourself. Uh, I'll take out one of those fl- uh, flowers I just picked, and I'll smother it for cure light wounds. Sure. That is a total of nine. Okay. There, are you feeling better now? Uh, like 73% better. And I'll do it to myself as well. Okay. Look at that, guys. We're doing just fine. You should stop being so curmudgeonly, Mr. Smoot. We're doing just fine? Yes. We almost got burned alive by the sun of moths in the middle of the night as the cavern changed its day cycle for us to die. Oh, speaking of which, um, should we do something about this fire? No. It's starting to spread. I'm going to walk away from it now. Oh, okay. Uh, I wish to go and retrieve my two arrows. Sure. 
How, does that take any lengthy amount of time? You are searching for your arrows. Roll a perception check. Wow, this die hates me. Um, five. Wow. And I was going to give you something if you rolled well, but I can't. You do find one of your arrows, though. Uh, does that fire look too hard to stamp out? Uh, at this point, it is It is starting to grow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm going to run over to it, and I'm going to take out one of my now wet blankets, of which I have two. So you throw your wet blanket over there, and it's just enough to take out the fire in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. You smother it. I smother it. Right. Hey, at least now your blanket's dry. Yeah, no, that's not how blankets work. I wring it out a little bit as I try to fold it while we I try to catch up with everyone. Okay. Why don't you guys roll a perception check? Can I pick up any of the moth wings? Roll a perception check. 19 for Charleston. 18 for Finnevere. 20 for Mist. Finnevere and Charleston, as you're walking around, you actually do begin to notice, actually, all three of you, begin to notice that some of the flowers are definitely poppies and that some of them look like they're young pupae of these things that are disguised as flowers. And, well, as you're walking around, you do manage to find several of these moth wings. Um, You find six of them, which you can divide amongst yourselves. Yeah, well, I'm going to undo everything Finnefear did, uh, and I'm going to light the the poppies on fire. Oh, I thought, like, the buildings were in danger. I want to come back here. So if it looks like he's putting that in danger, I'll put it out again. Um, it looks like he is not going to be able to control whatever fire he's about to light. We want to come back out. We want to come back here, don't we? (gasps) Yeah. And why can't we? Well, if you burn down the building or whatever's in there. The stone building. I'm going to burn down the stone. Got it. It it melts. My fire's going to go so hot that it burns stone, Finnevere. Wait, Mr. Smoot. I don't think you need to light this area on fire. And why is that? Well, because probably that was just a day cycle in this cave. Okay, so how many more day cycles shall these pupae hatch? I don't know, honestly. Oh, so you don't know. So there could be swarms of them that when we come back that are then guarding it when we wish to return. These are tests for would-be seekers. Think about it. We're going to face worse than that out there. Also, I don't know if we'll get in trouble for burning down the testing site. Oh, wasn't in the rules. Continues to light foot and steel. Mr. Smoot, didn't you say we're the ones who had to leave, like, now? Because that other group just started running. Probably because they saw how awesome we are, but that's besides the point. No, I mean, like, five minutes ago. From what? Well, not from moths, I'll tell you that much. Did they see the moths? Why didn't you tell me they left? I mean... She just did. But why didn't she tell me five minutes ago? Because we were in the middle of something. We were busy. You look very preoccupied. With the moths? How do you know they didn't run from the moths? Because... They got up before the moths. So they left while we were on a break before the combat started. And you didn't feel the need to say anything? Well, you guys were so engrossed in looking around the area. We should probably keep going. I, I'm Roman survival to life before something. I mean, the, the, the poppies on fire. Okay. The uh, 21. Charles Smoot, you light with a flint and steel, and you see as a small fire begins to spread, and the wind picks up and it begins to spread even quicker. And then it dawns on you that this grassy plain, this valley, is connected to a lot of lush areas and other grassy areas, and you're about to destroy an entire ecosystem. You're not getting experience for that, FYI. I'm not giving you experience for killing other things, I'm sorry. 
That doesn't count. No, the fire gets experience points for snuffing out life. And that's why it gets bigger. Uh-huh. It levels up multiple times. <laughs> that's how fires Smooth. work. Kelsey stamps on the fire to put it out. I aid with wet the blanket. I give I give Kelsey a wet blanket because I have two. <laughs> she starts putting out the fire. Honestly, Mr. Smoot, I thought you cared about the environment. I do. Have you ever have you ever heard of, of slash and burn? It's a great way to fertilize growth so that new things can grow in its place. It's also a great way to get us trapped in an area because the fire is heading in the direction that we're going to be going in. There are buildings over there. We'll, we'll have refuge. Yeah. What happens yeah. if we get to where we're going? It's some sort of multi-tiered building. We go up two stories, and now the bottom floor's on fire. Stone building's on fire? I don't think you guys understand how stone... Smoke, while we're arguing, they're getting a lead. I will continue. I will run off in that direction. Okay. Then we all... Squashing go. as many pupae as I can on the way. Okay. Charles Smoot begins to rip up flowers as he runs and crushes them, not really paying attention to what, what's a flower and what's not, because it would take time otherwise. And you guys continue onwards. And you travel for a good while with Charles Smoot crushing things and killing things and all these things. And after some time, another hour of trudging through a valley up hills at this point, you climb your way up another hill into the rocky reaches and you catch sight of your destination in the distance. Roll a perception check. 13. 24 for Finn, because he's rolling so, so high tonight. 16 for Charles Smoot. I also got a 13. As you guys are coming up in this little rocky area, you begin to pass around the side of a cliff, and you notice that as each step potentially brings you closer to the end of your initiation, you catch sight of the flap of a bird wing and a familiar trilling screech from up ahead. Do you investigate? Define familiar trilling screech. It sounds similar. Actually, uh, Charles Mint Roll of Knowledge Nature. It sounds like a bird. A carry-on of sorts. 23 Knowledge Nature. From the sound, Charles Smoot, you identify it to be that of a type of vulture. You see up above, black and white wing birds are seemingly circling above, their wings outstretched, heads kind of bobbing up and down, and some of them land just ahead of you beyond some rocks. As long as we don't steer too far off course, we can investigate whatever that is. I don't know if I want to go over there. We just fought giant moths. You scared of some birds? At least these look normal. Well, well, there are vultures. There are dead bodies. What if it's or just... injured. That is also true. You'll be an injured seeker in need of help. What do you think, Mest? Let... Uh, if they're still alive, we'll see about helping them. If they're dead, we're just leaving them there. Okay. Alrighty. Do you want me to go first if you're all so scared? Who said I was scared? Well, I don't know. I can go first then, I guess. I don't... Let's start walking Smooth towards you. starts walking over there. Okay. I'll, I'll let her feel independent and walk first, and I'll follow closely behind. Okay, so she... um. She sees that you two start walking over, ignoring what she said, and then she, she like, pushes and shimmies in front of you guys to get in front. Ahem. And as you come around this corner, you see that these vultures have circled around uh, this small area. You see, as one pulls its head back, a reddish-white bit of something stretches back with it and then snaps into a tattered piece dangling in its beak. You notice that it is eating the carcass of something, 
There's no rot or stench of decay in the area. And as you approach, you do see what appears to be a human leg kind of sticking out from amongst the circle. Do I hear anything coming from that that sounds like people? You hear nothing. There's no stench, no scent of decay. Just the sound of the birds screaming and trilling. All right, let's keep going. Nothing to see here. Whatever it could be could be unconscious due to shock. Vultures aren't aggressive. They'll just fly away if you chase them off. Does it appear as though the, the circle of vultures is presently uh, flourishing about and devouring whatever they're surrounding? I did just say that they seem to be eating something. Yeah, no, it's probably already dead. If, even if it was just unconscious, they are pecking the heck out of that thing. Well, I mean, if it's dead, doesn't that mean that there might be something left behind? That sounds like grave robbing. It's not grave robbing if they're not in graves yet. It's looting. That's on me. I set the bar too low. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth just charges at, charges at the vultures, screaming and trying to shoot them away. You charge at the vultures, and they flap away, hissing, angry at you. And as they do fly away, and you come up to this area, you notice three bodies, a female and two males, adorned in what appears to be their gear. And you see that they all seem to have terrified faces, and one of them even looks like it seems to be grabbing at its throat. Uh, do we recognize any of them in particular? Cece, is this the group you saw earlier? Um, I didn't get that close of a look. They were far away. Were there three people? Yeah. The same number that's here now? Well, there could be more than... Freshly killed, going in the same direction we were? Hmm, possibly. I don't know. I mean, that's a fair point. That might be them. Or, you know, they could have died from asphyxiation from a fire started at some point. Yeah, there wasn't one big enough for that to happen and got put out. I mean, she's grabbing at her throat, Smoot. I'm sorry, did they asphyxiate on a fire they started? Because I know we didn't start one that big. While they're arguing, I'll let them run this encounter, except for I'll look around for other dangers that may have done this. Okay, you can take a perception check then, Finavir Avir. Hot roll. Yeah, like all night. It's like a, a, it's like an apology for like the past, th- like twenty-eight sessions. Boys, he's siphoning all of our luck. Maybe I am. Uh, that is a twenty-three. So I'll, all right. I'll keep a vigilant watch. Okay. So, Finavir, uh, you are keeping a vigilant watch on the area. You hear some crunching of stone here and there, but it does seem to be just from the. From the vultures occasionally landing on some nearby rocks, which are then shooed off very quickly by Cece chasing after them. Okay. Uh, they can keep doing what they're doing. Okay. Loot the body. You're going to loot the body? Yeah. All right. Smoot, as you start to dig through whatever gear that they have on them, you see that there are three Masterwork chain shirts. At least what you would assume is Masterwork to make this easy. Waste not, want not. That's what my mother always used to say. There are two daggers made of a very interesting-looking silvery metal. In the woman's pocket, you find two blue sapphires. And, very strange, you find, unsheathing the sword on one of the men, this very translucent sword? It almost seems to be made of glass. And then you find some other things like tinder twig, flint and steel, rope, 
Titans, cookware, rations. One thing of alchemist fire, like a little bomb. I take the tinder tweak, alchemist fire, and all of the four after. How much does all this weigh, by the way? Uh, more than you could probably carry all. I mean, you could probably carry it, but it's going to be encumbering you. Um, FYI, this is meant for everybody. Just from the GM's perspective, if you're gonna hoard it, I you, you better away. find that out. He said he I'm walked. here. You, you naysayed on grave robbing. I said that sounds like grave robbing. Uh, at at the at the notion of Smoot ruffle, rifling through the things of the dead, Taylor will say a small silent prayer for the fallen and start rummaging through their bodies as well. Mr. Finnevere, do you have any idea how much some of this is worth? Uh, I think I have a decent appraise. I do have a decent appraise. She calls your attention over to, uh, UCAS Charles Smoot is actually, sorry, just pull things off the bodies and kind of put it in his own, uh, pockets. I, one thing that would take priority, I would check to see if the bodies are left in a respectable state. Uh, they are currently being unclothed. Okay, then I'll wait. If they don't, I want to know. All right, now I'm just saying. All right, so uh, I'll, I'll roll a priz. Sure. Uh, that is a 23. Does Charles Smoot let him come over and take a look? That's fine. Okay. So with a 23, Finnevere, you're able to tell that the daggers seem to be some sort of silver sheen material. Those sapphires seem more than likely to be worth probably about thousand silver or so each, but the thing that is stumping you is the sword that he has found, this one that is made of what appears to be glass. It looks to be very valuable. All right. As you could probably guess, the stones are of value. Uh, about ten, a thousand silver apiece by my estimates, depending on who you talk to. Silver sheen daggers are, uh, are prized for their ability to keep from degrading You'll spend a lot less time maintaining them. They're probably worth more to use than for coin. That being said, they're probably worth a few hundred silver apiece. But I digress. That sword, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. But uh, I would say that uh, I wouldn't let it go for cheap. Not by a long shot. Uh, We'll have to keep an eye on this. Maybe take it to one or two different appraisers. That's seen more than I have chain shirts on the other hand I'm particularly fond of uh, those are certainly worth their weight in silver and more who's not wearing armor proper armor did literally anyone come not wearing proper gear Benavir, come on well chain shirts can be worn under other gear making them quite useful Cece hmm? what are you using to protect yourself oh this I have this really nice little thing under here that I can't show you because it's under my clothes. But okay, it's very, it's I'll take good. your word for it. Very good. It's a family heirloom. Uh, I wish to trade out my hide armor for, well, potentially trade out my hide armor for one of the chain shirts. What is the, uh, I deter- is it possible for me to determine the uh, AC bonus? Yeah, I would say just look that one up because if it was anything that wasn't standard, I'd probably, t- I would tell you, but they're mostly the standard things. Okay. Should we do anything about these bodies beyond this? I mean, you know, besides looting them and desecrating their corpses. Well, we don't have time to give them a proper burial. Should Uh we stop the birds from eating them? Mm. We stop by fire or else we could cremate them. Okay. Question. Was it ever stated whether or not they had seeker emblems on them? It was not. 
Did we find any? It appears that some of their stuff has already been pilfered through. Hmm. Wait, no, that no, that's very significant. We could have a, a hunter on our hands. We could be dealing with a seeker hunter of sorts. I've that's never why, heard of something like that. So why wouldn't they take the valuables then? Oh, that is weird. If that's not what they're after. It weighs them down too much. They can't, can't take it with them. I guess. Wait, I, wait, wait. I would think more than likely. Also, if they have better equipment than what they it, what they had. We could still sell it for money. I'm just saying it's possible that this wasn't just a party of three. If this was a larger party, you have to have proof that your party, air quote, came back. You just take their secret route, uh, emblems. Your party made it back with you in some fashion. Taylor? You begin searching over the bodies, and you don't see any large wounds or anything that is very obvious. In fact, it doesn't look like there's any anything that you can see surface-wise on them without stripping them down, potentially. But in your mind, you haven't really seen anything like this before. Just the look on their faces, something may have frightened them, something could have suffocated them. Could have been a gas weapon. Heebie-jeebies. Stole their souls. Uh, I'm not allowed to come up with ideas anymore. What if it was Isabel? What? How dare you? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That didn't really help, did it? No. Uh, Sorry. Stop talking about that cursed doll. Why don't we stop talking entirely and get a move on? There's one less group to contend with, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other people participating in this event. And if no one else is going to claim one of them, I would like to swap out my dagger for one of the silver sheet ones. Charles Smoot is currently holding all of the items. Uh, I will Smoot. Would you mind if I had, if I carried one of them, uh, silver sheen daggers, whatever they were called? Be my guest. Equip yourself. Here, you already took the vest. Might as well take this, though. Mr. Mast, you didn't pick up your dagger, did you? Uh, that one wasn't exactly too useful, I'll be honest. I figured it might be best just to leave it somewhere. Hey, hey, Mast, here you go. Here's one that won't rust. I was going to say, do you have any other weapons on you? Yes, but I don't think you all count that one. He just points to his head. Oh. Uh, In the meantime, uh, Benavir would arrange the bodies to where they're, like, upright next to each other, the hands, uh, palms facing down, and knowing that the vultures are nearby... Uh, he'll take out his oil and pour out uh, about a pound of it and pour it on the bodies in a, a circular motion uh, and say, may you live in the memories of your loved ones. And they'll cast Ignite. Oh, okay. All right, then. Um, so, Finnevere, you uh, light these bodies on fire and you begin to smell the scent of burning flesh. It's a very strange smell. You dare not linger for much longer. All right. Let's get going. So I'm going to assume everybody moves on. So, the tall skeletal spires beckon to you ahead. And as you journey down from this rocky area, you find yourselves moving even closer to the buildings. You see long strands hanging between them, thick vines of deep green and blue, like torn cloth and braided twine. And as you approach... You find yourselves entering into what appears to be an overgrown garden, several hundred yards away from your destination. A maze of flowering shrubs, fruit trees, and vines surround the broken stone pathways that diverge into the lush green foliage. 
Strange moss of varying shades of blue, green, and red line the cracks. This garden seems to span far in both directions and arcs inward towards the ruins. You all can make a perception check if you would like. And 20 total for Snoot. 11 for Finn. It gotta slow down sometime. <laughs> Eight, 18 for Mist. Alan Taylor, you see all of this before you. You're taking in all of this greenery and foliage. It's actually very nice and relaxing sounding. You hear the sound of what may be a fountain inside this garden. The rest of you, as you enter it, you find that there are large brown and white mounds on the path scattered about, possibly scat from a creature or creatures. There's so much of it. And you find large green stained columns along one of the paths as you trek down it. Even more appear as you walk, some standing upright at their full height, some covered in this strange scat, and one, there's a female figure carved into the stone, ancient and weathered. Others are broken and scattered across this path, and as you come to the end of this road, it opens up into a small clearing where you see a crumbling gazebo with once white carved columns now stained with age and moss. It seems to be covered in a variety of vines and flowers that hang from the top, except for the entrance, which opens up along the path. And you hear the sound of birds chirping about and making other strange cooing sounds. Who had a 20? I had a 20. Okay. Charles Smoot, uh, you do notice, uh, if you would like, you could also make a knowledge nature check as get this, but, and I would also say, uh, Alfred Kenthmast, you could also make a knowledge nature check. 22 knowledge nature. 27. Okay. Moving down along the path, you both recognize that this this poo, this scat, is from a bird-like creature. And you also notice that there are tracks in some of the muddy areas along the path uh, with three-pronged front toes and a large rear one. Sort of like a chicken. Potentially a predator of sorts. But Charles Smoot, as you enter through this area and see the gazebo, you notice something very colorful off to the left that seems to ruffle its feathers and then skitter off. Be on guard. We're taking a test for a group that has to fight monsters. I wouldn't be surprised that one lived here. Finn loads crossbow. Okay, Finn loads his crossbow. Taylor readies his spear. Taylor readies his spear. So, um, the path leads into the gazebo. That it does. Who wants to be the first one to go in? I'll go. Uh, 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 uh. Let one of the bigger fellas do it. I'll go. Thank you. (laughs) Before we go anywhere, we might want to try and figure out what exactly, what kind of area we're dealing with. Is there only one way in, one way out? Dangerous ruins. Right. And if you have to run out of them, are they going to collapse on your head? Is a giant boulder going to come anywhere? Uh, Could I try to assume uh, risks? Uh, If it structural integrity might be of engineering or dungeoneering or something. Are you talking about the gazebo? We're in an enclosed area before we get there, right? Or are we still outside? You're still outside. You are in a garden that is overgrown. You're walking down a path and you have found yourselves in front of a gazebo in this garden where there also sounds to be a fountain of sorts ahead. How big is the gazebo? Large. 
math. The amount of size. Wow, it's ten big, feet big, tall. Big gazebo. Ten feet wide. It's a big gazebo. Oh, it's big. like let's talk about like Roman bath gazebo kind of thing. Like it's it's a swank place. So it's swank. like a very large pavilion. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a pavilion. Before I go anywhere, I want to scout around. Maybe take a lap around the building first. Okay. Most of the area is massively overgrown. The only area that doesn't seem to have very tall plants that would hinder your movement seems to be along the path itself. But you could try to move around the area where there do seem where there do seem to be some lower spots too. So the plants are blocking me off from going anywhere that isn't the main entranceway. For the most part, it's really overgrown because there was this this stone path which is now covered in moss and appears to be cracked and does have some plants growing in it but most of the other foliage has grown off to the sides where it doesn't seem to be any other path. How wide is the entranceway? Is it just like a regular doorway, or is it large, fitting up a large gazebo? It is two smooths wide. How wide is a smooth? How is wide, a, how is, wide is a smooth? Is smooth? a of measurement? Like, I, I mean, don't know. It is now. This is America. You could we fit, measure things in smooths here in America. You, you could fit two smooths side, side by, by side. side. Okay. White yeah. Americans will use anything other than the metric system. We will. We will. Even, we a, even, <laughs> even a full-grown American man. There so we presuming go. that you could fit two medium creatures walking side by side, I would like to set up one of my uh, relics that I have by the entranceway. Uh, uh, whatever you do, um, if you're if you're running out in a panic, don't step. Don't step here. Walk. Run around. All right. Why? Where did you get that? Uh, I don't know. We were in a town. They sell things. You bought things too, didn't you, Mr. Flower Boy? I did. Okay, fair enough. What exactly is it that I need to avoid? Ah, a web trap. Supposedly, if someone steps on this, it activates like a landmine, shooting out webs in every direction. Hopefully, if we're running from some large creature and we have to flee... Smoot, what if someone tries to follow us in? And then we need to get out. Well, then they detonated, and at least we're alerted to the fact that someone's coming in. Yeah, but we still need to get... Nah, just jump over. You'll be fine. You know where it is. Okay, so we will avoid that. Do we, like, how do you, how do you, how does it activate it? Uh, I assume it was pressure-based. Like I said, I thought it was a landmine kind of thing. All right, how about we walk in, and then you set that? Uh, Charles Moot, you would need to roll use magic device. I cannot. Charles Moot, you may roll as an alternative knowledge arcana. I may not. Charles Moot, you have no idea how to use this. I've got this thing. I'm going to put it down. <laughs> uh, Let me take a look at it. There you go, bud. 28 on knowledge arcana. Uh, Alfred Kenneth Mask, what I was going to say originally is you realize that this thing, you, you kind of like shake it around a little bit and you hear something move inside and you get this idea that maybe if you throw it at the spot, the webs will pop out. I throw anything. Oh, wait. But you then the webs will pop out. Uh, and then it'll block the Wait, end. did you just throw it? No. <laughs> you can, though. I'll just give that to you to hold on to. It's your uh, job. It's, it's mine now. <laughs> that, that's a your job kind of thing. Yeah, this doesn't quite work the way you thought there, Smoot. Uh, you you kind of throw it, and then it's set. Oh. And then... Well, you're in charge of throwing it, then. You're good at that, too. All right. Onward! Alan, you first! Spear pointed forward. All right, here we go. Okay. So, Alan Taylor leads the way into the gazebo, parting some of the vines that are hanging down, which kind of sway to the side, almost like um, like 
really thin, like a thin veil. You part the veil and you enter inside. As you enter into the ancient gazebo, which you imagine must have been beautiful at one point, you make note of a few things. The first is all of the feces covering the place. The second is that within the gazebo are dozens of shiny objects glinting in the artificial light of the cavern. <gasps> and the third is in the center of the ruin, you see a three-tiered pedestal. And on the very center and tallest of these is a conspicuously placed silver metal object which seems to be flowing upwards in the water. Now, that would be fine, except that you register. One of these creatures, a colorful bird, which you immediately recognize to be a dodo. I do not like where this is going. Fire breathing dodos. Rule number one, nobody touches the shiny. Any of the shiny? Not until we figure things out. Don't don't we need to collect and bring the shiny back? The dodo is standing on the top of the pedestal, and there are a few others just nestled about. One of them walks over and looks up at you, squawks, and turns around and walks away. The dodo on top of the pedestal is pecking at the shiny object, and it seems to just pick it up gently in its beak, like it's and plays with it with its tongue. I don't trust the birds. That might be a relic. And kill the birds, Taylor. How many birds? How many birds? In here, there appears to be four. If I get... I will inch closer to one very slowly. Smoot, you remember, and actually Alfred Kenneth Mess, as soon as you see them, it dawns on you. Dodos are considered to be very dumb birds, or at least they were. And weren't they extinct? And also they're poop machines. But they're also known to have been very weak and dumb and went extinct because of their dumbness. So, I mean, you enter in here and you see these dodos, which are actually very colorful, um, have very colorful plumage. Is anyone good with animals? Sure. What I want to be. All right. You like birds, right? More of a dog person. More of a dog person? Goats, deer, even elk, some might say. Ducks? I mean, I know a song about a duck. Ducks are criminals of the bird world. Ah, anyway, task at hand. I guess we'll start. What did you have in mind? You want me to persuade the birds to walk away kindly from the treasure? Um, perhaps. We might find more success in just straight up murdering them. Well, but that requires caution. Also, in Alan Taylor's mind, they look mighty fine to eat. I've not had There is too much distrust for hunger. Your character has shown a lot of trust in eating things that he's seen. I would say uh, otherwise, sir. Those are enemy birds. (laughs) (laughs) This is enemy territory. What what about the cow in the field? That's just a heartless ox. These are basically chickens. If there's anything he's learned in this world, it is never underestimated a small thing. Does Finn know any of these uh, docile-type traits? Um, Finnevere... Go ahead and roll a knowledge. Nature. Ten. Benavir, you uh, look at these birds and you think, hmm, they look like chickens. And in this world, the chickens that you've encountered have been very, very aggressive. In fact, their eggs explode. <laughs> okay, so we should probably do something soon, since that thing looks like it's about to swallow that. I'll run up to it. Okay, so you run up uh, to it. And I'll try to sing it a sweet song. Okay, I'm fascinated. Tra- uh, okay, so Finnevere, you start running towards it. As soon as you do this, you notice that you have startled the dodo. Its beak flares up in the air as if it is about to scream. And unfortunately, as this happens, the 
item falls into its mouth, and it seems to swallow it. It swallowed it. Well, unless anyone has any diuretics, it looks like we're gutting it. Wait. Hold. Hold the line, boys. I hold. I stop charging. It burps. Oh, no, we're gutting it. How would you like fried chicken, Taylor? Sounds delicious. Well, yeah, I don't think we actually have the gear for this uh, any other way. Uh, It seems that violence is the solution. Wait, wait, wait. Did Eden say what state the artifact had to be in? Uh, Well, if I recall the the rules correctly, as if written down on paper, the answer is no. So, you're telling me if the artifact is in the dodo, and I bring the dodo, I have brought an artifact. Oh, well, yeah, assuming that it's a relic. Okay, well, I mean, I could just take anything here and then say it's a relic. I mean, Mr. Smoot, would you do that on one of your tests? If you gave your student a rule and you said that they could do, they had to take their test, would you let them get away with anything? What do you mean? Uh, I'm just saying you're bending the rules an awful lot. Am I? I'd give them a C plus. They pass. <laughs> they, they were clever enough to think around it, which means they put some thought into it. Also, we don't know if that was a relic. What if that was something that it had to eat? There's uh, a lot of shiny stuff in here. I, I would like to reiterate, she was very specific. No matter how, return with it. It being the relic. Well, there we go. No matter how. The how is in a bird's stomach. Okay, well then you go catch it. What if these are super birds and it dissolves it? What if it's just a bird with a very active digestive tract, which we see this bird to have, and it just poops it out in eight hours? Uh, so I should... roll to shoot the bird while they're arguing about it. Okay, Finnevere, uh, you That's already initiated combat. Congratulations. your stuff. Go ahead. Fire. That's a seven. That's a seven. Uh, so, Finnevere, you uh, fire your arrow. The bolt flies from the the track of the crossbow, and it does miss flying past, but it does seem to startle the dodo, which seems to choke a little bit more, and then gets somewhat angry. I guess you're the shoot first, ask questions later kind of person, Pedivere. We don't have time for this. Uh, reload a crossbow. A crossbow. Could you just grab the bird, Pedivere? All right. So, as this happens, you notice that the... Dodo that swallowed this item seems to all of a sudden its feathers start to flare out a little bit. Its eyes turn a bloody red color, and all of a sudden fire starts shooting out of its mouth. Oh boy! Could have just made a friend! And that is where we're gonna end off today's episode of the Gate Chronicles. Let it be known, you were warned. Hey, look, they are enemy birds. <laughs> What's wrong with the enemy birds? All right. Well, thank you, foundlings, so much for listening to this week's episode of The Gate Chronicles. I know that was chaos incarnate. That is how it be, and that how they do be do. All righty. So, foundlings, if you've been enjoying this series or the podcast or this episode overall, make sure you leave us a rating and a review in whatever podcast listening app that you are on. And also make sure you go to Podchaser, because guess what? You can leave individual reviews for episodes and tell me how awesome this one is. So, yeah, please go do that. And if you want to support us in other ways, maybe go check out our Patreon. You can donate to us monthly there, or you can give us, um, you know, critiques. I guess that also works. If you know you want to send us an email at info at missingroleplayerfound.com. You can also visit our website, missingroleplayerfound.com. That's missing, R-O-L-L, playerfound.com. And you can visit our shirt store. Well, actually, our merchandise store. Excuse me. It's basically a shirt store. And you can get hats, shirts, stickers, and more. Maybe we will get a shirt for Alan Taylor that says, that's an enemy bird. Specifically for that. I don't know. 
And also, guys, make sure you're following us on our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram, at RollFound. And also, join us in our Discord. That link is in the description below. All right, foundlings, that's it from me. Bye. Bye. Bye.